Welcome to the Every Movie Ever Podcast. The following episode contains spoilers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast. My name is Ben Groves. And my name is Rob McFarlane. And today is Sunday. It's episode two of our Kevin Smith and the Viewersk Universe miniseries. It is indeed. It is indeed. And we are very excited this week because we have finally announced our competition winner, which we did over on Instagram Live. We did. Uh, congratulations to them. They won not only 25 of their local currency, but they won delicious, hunky, muscly Santa uh, on Blu-ray. Yeah, I'm kind of. I'm not gonna lie. I'm deeply, deeply upset that my possibly German copy of Santa with Muscles is now gone forever. But yeah, it's you fine. really are. You really are. I, I, I thought you were sort of stunting <laughs> for a bit, but no, it was mm-hmm. it was very apparent that uh, that you you're genuinely hurt by losing that. Yeah, it took me a little while to get to the post office. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took me a little yeah, while. Yeah. So uh, so what are we doing today? Today we are looking at the 1995 absolute masterpiece, Mallrats. Uh, we're going to disagree on this film, aren't we? Yup. 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 Uh, so a little bit of context. Obviously, Clerks, uh, Kevin Smith's first film, came out, was widely uh, critically loved, mm-hmm. was a sort of darling of Sundance, was well-reviewed by uh, you know eminent critics such as Roger Ebert, all sorts, did really well, indie darling. And then he got given a whole boatload of money to make uh, another film, which was Morat's. I mean, six mil. That's not like a boatload. Compared to $27,000 that he spent so, on his oh, first film. But I mean, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So in you, know. compar- you can't just say a boatload with no reference point. It has okay, to be yeah. like <laughs> Yeah, but I mean compared to compared to the twenty seven thousand that he made yeah. he made the, yeah, yeah. the first one with. You know, this one's okay. made in, in LA, it's made in Hollywood, it's you know, a proper professional there's there's people involved. There's people who've made films before involved and production companies and studios and not just people, there's an orangutan. At at the very, very end, teased indeed, yep. Yeah. And uh not just people, because there's also legends, including the the incredible Stan Lee. Stan Lee, man. Stan Lee. Before we get too deep into this, uh, should we do the the sort of IMDb uh, synopsis? Uh, sure. People who may not have seen the film may not know what it's about. We will find the, the, the brief synopsis as given to you by the Internet Movie Database, which is... Brody Bruce, a Sega and comic book obsessed college student and his best friend, T.S. Quint, are both dumped by their girlfriends on the same day. And to deal with their loss, they go to the local mall. Along the way, they meet up with some friends, including Willem, a guy who stares at magic eye pictures, desperately trying to see the hidden image, Gwen, one of T.S.'s ex-girlfriends, and of course, Jay and Silent Bob of Clerks fame. They decide to try and win back their significant others and take care of their respective nemeses. Is that true? Well, I mean, it's, look, for a back of a, for a, you know, if you were reading the Radio Times when you were a kid, that's what it would have said this film was about, right? Would it, I did, is Brody a college student? I didn't think he was a college student. Yeah, which is, which is one of the reasons I, I have issues with this film, because nobody in this film uh, scans young enough. None of them what? None of them seem young enough. None of them, like, at first glance, excuse Gotham in the background there. Yeah, yeah. None of them at first glance seem like college students. Not even, not necessarily in the way, the, the age of the actors, but even in the, in the writing, they don't come across to me as college students. They come across as 25, 26-year-olds, which is coincidentally about how old Kevin Smith was when he wrote this. Yeah, I mean, the vocabulary in it is, like, very 
I don't know, advanced, especially for, I'm guessing, what would be running around drinking and worrying about yeah. your next exam. You know what I mean? But but uh, we'll we'll get we'll get into one of the many ways that this film is is a difficult watch uh, for me. Okay. But you seem to love it. You seem to love it. Do you have a Do you have a synopsis? Are we just going to go? Uh, the synopsis. I I don't have a synopsis that I've written myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found it quite difficult for this one. Mm-hmm. A because I find it quite a difficult movie to take the piss out of because it holds like a lot of good memories for me. Mm-hmm. And B, it's kind of like an alternative rom-com. Okay. I don't really feel like there's enough of. I feel like rom-coms took one path mm-hmm. with shit soundtracks mm-hmm. and overused uh, talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you get the same people appearing in the same fucking movies. You know, like Hugh Grant was a big yeah. thing. Matthew McConaughey, Reese Witherspoon. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny that you mentioned both of those because both of those names were in the research for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Reese, uh, Reese Witherspoon came in for this film, but obviously... Didn't get it. Yeah, and yeah. then the casting casting agent was yep. the guy that's discovered Matthew McConaughey. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who, to be fair, was a late bloomer. Like for most of his early career, mm-hmm. I would avoid films with him in. And now anything that he's in, I will try. I'll deliberately seek out to watch. He's in a Daniel Johnston video. Is he? Which uh, Life in Vain, I think it is. What, uh, from early in his career? Is that recent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, well, there we go. Early, early. But that's it's sort of fucking phenomenal. Early, early uh, indication that he was, in fact, the genius that he eventually is of now. Of course. Yeah, so I don't have a synopsis myself. I found That's fine. a, a one-sentence thing. It says, uh, both dumped by their girlfriends, two mm-hmm. best friends seek refuge in the local mall. Yeah, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't enjoy this film enough, and I didn't hate this film enough to... Really? It's a... It's a difficult one. I didn't, you know, when we watch things like Elves or Santa with Muscles, mm-hmm. there's there's a lot to go on because it's it's ridiculous. Or okay. if I was going to watch a film like, what's that latest Vin Diesel one? Is it Bloodshot or... I've got no clue. I lost track of his career a little while yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But something like that is is so hatefully bad. Like Transformers films are so hatefully bad that I, it's quite inspiring to rag on. <laughs> but I didn't I didn't really dislike this film enough to really go into a, a, a hateful synopsis. And it's it's not good enough to really wax lyrical about. So it's just... Eh. Eh. And there's there's bits of it that I think are transcendently good and there's bits of it that I think are just awful. Okay. And I I I think I think for many years the reason this was sort of the embarrassment in Kevin Smith's career, even for himself, you know, publicly in interviews using it as a mm-hmm. sort of punching bag, is all those things are still valid and and they've softened with time and over time it's become, you know, a bit of a cult classic. But that's because the context of it has been changed by, you know, everyone approaches it as the film that flopped rather than at the time or, you know, as somebody who's coming off the back of Clerks, you approach it with those same expectations of it's going to be that good. Okay. And it's not. See, I think for me, it is that good, though. It's really? Just, it, like, it's all about the characters, man. The character development in this is great. I feel like... Oh, we, we disagree on that. I feel like Brody's, like, really well-rounded out. No. He's an asshole, but some of the points he makes are... He's, like, so all over the shop that it's almost believable that that person would exist. I, I just think it's really... Bi- I think his, his, his thing is really binary, and I think he is he is sort of overly, unrelatably, to, to an unrelatable degree, a complete arsehole yeah, uh, but in he's, the first half of the film. And then they I, have the whole sort of, uh, you know, between the second and third act, he has his mm-hmm. big character-developed moment, yeah, and yeah. then he's almost unrecognisably a different person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's when he becomes a game show host. You know what I mean? That's what happens. You get hit with that lightning bolt of, oh, my God, I love her. And then you're mm. a different man. <laughs> mm. 
No, no, you're not feeling it. No, I, th- I think, I think, and again, I can't, I can't speak for a filmmaker, but it, it mm-hmm. feels to me like the first film's a success, and Kevin Smith is then given mm-hmm. the validation of the industry that he wants to be part of, and he uses as his reference for his next film a whole bunch of sort of zeitgeisty um, teen films. And, you know, that sort of John Hughes obsession that he has, uh, that sort of capturing of youth of America, but tries to do it for a contemporary uh, youth American audience and panders to them rather than caters to them. I agree. It is a very pandering film. And it's a film. pandering, pandering film. And that's I what know. I struggle with. I don't know, though, man. Going back to the Brody thing, like, he is believable to me purely because, like, it's it's almost like a comment on frail, frail masculinity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sort of like trying to be trying to be so well founded in yourself and well rooted in yourself and you have your own ways and if something doesn't coincide with them yep then it's like well fuck it you know what i mean that's not for me it's not meant for the fucking it's not meant for anything do you know what i mean no because i think we've already explored that archetype far more in a far more interesting way with with randall yeah i get you uh and i, I struggle to like the characters in this one i struggle to like ts because he's just ts is weak he's not only weak almost to a degree of caricature naive and idiotic like it's proper bratty in this right super like, bratty, bratty and like to a degree that's almost not uh human you know things that are entirely obvious to everybody from the moment they happen require a 40 minute fucking film for him to to be told by a character yeah i don't believe the breakup reason that sort of starts this whole film between ts and uh and and his girlfriend uh, I, I'm always prized and happy to see Michael Roker, one of my favorite character actors of all time, mm-hmm. uh, especially this early in his career when he still had hair, choosing to shave it all off and be bald, yeah, right? <laughs> which is on irony, <laughs> considering that he spent the rest of his life not having it. I love that guy. The second half of this film is far better than the first half of this film. As soon as they actually get on stage, everything is great. Everything before that, I am, I struggle see, with. See, I'm, I'm not the opposite. The second that they're on stage yep. is great. I think it's great because it's nearing an end and you can feel it's nearing an end. Yeah. That's why I'm guessing why you like it so much. No, no, no. I think it's the first time it's the first time in the movie when everyone's character begins to to make sense within the role of the film. Where to actually be a character. That, to actually be a character. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. To actually it's like <laughs> the first it's the first time where everyone actually fits together. Whereas previously it's just been sort of it's been unstructured vignettes in the in the same sort of vein as as clerks yeah but without any of with with enough plot and enough structure to to sort of tie it so it's it's a halfway house it's neither an unstructured series of vignettes nor is it a tight focused plot it's just stuff happening to people in series until eventually and finally everyone gets on stage and that's when for me the sort of that's when the second act starts in a weird way. See, for me, just the mon- like the mundane, mm-hmm. weird shit that keeps happening, just like you're saying, it isn't a, a tight centered plot and it isn't a series of vignettes. It's for me, I feel like it's a necessary stepping stone to sort of bridge the gap between the two. Mm. Like, I mm. feel like this had to happen this way because if it went any other way, right. the Askew universe would be off in a completely different direction. I feel like this film opens up a couple doors for later movies where they can do almost like multiple timelines simultaneously, some being goofy, yeah, dumb shit, some being actual plot, and some being like a very nice kind of mall ratty. 
Yeah, this sort of this sort of defines the, the edges of the map, doesn't it? It sort of exactly. it, it pushes in exactly. so many different directions. Uh, and and I agree for the Askew universe generally, it's yeah. a credit. But for this film, it results in a in a sort of messy directionless salad of weirdness that doesn't quite work you know with with clerks it worked because everything was so tied to location and a small cast so everything that happened had a had a common core Mm -hmm. whereas sort of switching between not only narrative moods but styles jay and silent bob become almost sort of um like light comedy physical comedy um Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> weird slapstick guys but in the same time it's trying to be relatable and real in the same way that clerks was relatable and real and realistic uh-huh. and in the same time it's trying to be edgy and but at the same time it's trying to be uh sweet and sentimental and like a john hughes movie and it doesn't quite all gel together for me i think if i liked ts more than the the sweet sort of you know yeah. culmination at the end and the the getting married on the Jaws ride just as Jaws comes out of the water it would all mean a lot more but my main thing from this is Brody man yeah incredible character I fucking love that guy incredible character uh, I can't I can't get past it incredible character at the end of the film but uh, I just I can't relate to him at the start I just think he's a fucking idiot he's so much of an arsehole that's what I love about him though that's what makes the end result like so good. you go back and like the first part of the film is like his reference point, right? He's laying yeah. out the reference point for the audience by saying like, this is the fucking like the, the lowest of the low. Like this is, this is scraping the barrel. All right. Yeah. yeah and this yeah, is, yeah. he lost his girlfriend because he, he wakes up at fucking, what was it? Like 10, nine, two in the afternoon. Yeah. Something, whatever. And yeah, he yeah. immediately starts playing a paused game of fucking something on Sega. Yeah. Hoc- uh, hockey on Sega. Yeah. 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 Dude. I mean, you need that to be sort of like, what a piece of shit. And then when he's like, you know, he's directionless, he just wants to do his comic book store. He's like so fucking belligerent and everyone else is in the wrong. I'm right. Yeah. And he finds a certain solitude in that. But then by the end of the movie, he's like fucking waking up to being sort of like, okay, yeah, I get it. I'm a dickhead. Yeah. But also I'm doing it for X, Y, and Z. And then that's why I come to love him like at the end of the movie rather but that's the, but that's a little the thing bit more. that's the thing is is that and i i struggle to care okay that's fair enough one note about a character who for the first 80 percent of the watch time mm. i've not related to i've not enjoyed uh watching beyond the com- comedian you know he's funny as fuck there's no doubt about that yeah, yeah but uh beyond the comedy of of watching him i don't relate to him i don't i'm not rooting for him i think he's an arsehole and he deserves what he gets and then those last that sort of last twenty percent of the runtime where he I, I suddenly it suddenly clicks it's a little little too late you know okay if anything I've got more fucking respect and sympathy for uh, Svenning the game show host whose daughter he's trying to keep away from this absolute fucking idiot of a child boy TS mm-hmm. who's you know an arsehole but he's got ambition he's done something with his life it's cheesy as hell and all that sort of shit but he's trying whilst trying to protect his fucking daughter's future from this absolute end piece of a child man <laughs> end piece yeah end Jesus piece Jesus Christ I think I think I think there are things that I do like about this film but they uh-huh. they have to be viewed in the context of the fact that this was the early 90s mm-hmm. and comic book culture did not exist in the mainstream whatsoever no. the, this was pre Marvel Cinematic Universe by a, a decade at least mm-hmm. this was pre uh, Spider-Man films Mm-hmm. You had like what you had the Michael Keaton Batman films, 
which were sort of, you did, you know, viewed as, and the Superman movies, that was it. So to be referencing things like Wolverine and the Berserker attack with Muse, you know, doing the adamantium claws and shit like that was, mm -hmm. was deep, deep lore. And it feels like, again, when we were saying with Clerks, how it was, this is a film that was designed for a very specific audience. Yeah. Smith hasn't abandoned his like nerd roots and he hasn't abandoned his Jersey roots or any of this you know he's he's kept true to it but he's all he's wrapped it up in such a in such a sort of um predictable and cliche package that it it sort of falls flat you know I don't know man I'm going to have to I'm going to have to disagree I remember the first time watching watching this um obviously like being a fucking teenager yep. around a buddy's house yep we all like you know we're all stoned yep we throw on more rats and it's like fucking one of the most I don't know. I guess like eye opening things again. Cause again, coming from Clerks, Clerks mm -hmm. was great, right? Clerks was yeah. like a huge step forward into being like, holy fuck, okay, so this can be like what a comedy can be. Yeah. yeah. And then I felt with what he did here is he took uh like each each character in the movie yeah. has like an evolution. I feel like this movie is just the evolution. Jay and Silent Bob become like Jay's fucking comedic timing with his like Oh, Jason Muse is as ever pitch Dude, perfect in this film his fucking timing and his dancing and he's yeah. like when he's backstage and he's trying to fucking psych out the other two contestants and he's like yep. licking his fingers trying to sort eyebrows just while delivering lines yeah it's insane Agreed. to me that Agreed. that person exists and is like a real person you know what i mean i will always maintain that jason muse is one of the most slept upon talents in american indie film the fact that he is pretty much exclusively worked with with Kevin Smith is a crime. And uh, there's a there's a famous Kevin Smith quote about Ben Affleck saying that he he's such a fan of Ben Affleck. If he was going to make a remake of Jaws, he'd cast Ben as the shark because that's how good of a fucking actor he is. And I, I genuinely believe that like Jason Mewes could have done so much more than he's been allowed to uh, by contemporary cinema. He's fucking hilarious. He did a great great movie called Feast. Oh, well, not aware of that. That one. was it's like a. He's not in Feast 2, I'll put it that way. Right, um, okay. But it's fun. Okay. It's a fucking awesome movie. But yeah, I think this this fucking evolution, every single person gets this this weird like Silent Bob starts getting his weird cuz he's obviously like he's he's like beefcake, right? He's like yeah, yeah. on like he's on like the bigger side. He wears like the fucking the duster leather jacket, the big hockey shirts. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, man. Yeah, he's yeah. like the muscle to to Jason Mewes is like the the cocky kind of he's the mouth and yeah. and 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 Bob's Bob is the, the muscle. muscle. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But then he gets into this sort of like mad uh trying to use the force. Yeah. He's got like fucking, you know, grapple guns and all this nerdy shit that's just sort of like knocking about, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So he becomes this almost like like kind of like an Alfred mixed with Batman mixed with Robin. He's like a he's like a magical character, and I think I think yeah. one of my one of, I I I see it, and I I, I kind of get why Silent Bob and Jay become these magical characters. Yeah, yeah. in the context of a film like Dogma, where mm. they are explicitly sort of given up as 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 magical characters, yeah. relative to the plot, mm -hmm. they do much less magical shit in that film than they do in this yeah. one. And in this one, there's no sort of plot justification for the magic. It's just that's what Smith has decided to turn them into in this movie. Whereas previously, you know, we were saying they were the they were the audience, they were the the Greek chorus of, of clerks, where they come in with the wisdom and the yeah, and yeah. the there's none of that in here. It's it's they're the comedy relief to a film that's already a comedy. So they they just become silly. I don't know, man. I think there's a little bit of that in here. I think there's there's a little bit of wisdom from from Silent Bob at the end. He's the one that's sort of like, you know, like you said, he's running around with these fantastical yeah. ideas and gizmos and gadgets and they're getting themselves into trouble. But they're like bending over backwards to make 
make sure that their their couple buddies are looked after. You know what I mean? Yeah. They yeah. go and kick the shit out of the fucking Easter Bunny because they think the the Easter Bunny punched Brody in the face. They go and beat the shit out of him and then get yeah. get the shit kicked out of him by children. Yeah, they're still they're still solid gold dudes. There's no doubt about that. It's just but the uh... wisdom that comes with it though, right? Is that the fact that they've been running around with all these fucking blueprints on how to like destroy the game show so that TS can try and win uh, Brandy back. Yeah. So that um, what the fuck is Ben Affleck's name? Shannon. Shannon uh, doesn't end up with Renee. You know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah, this, yeah. There's all this shit going on, and then at the very end, he's like adventure, excitement. A Jedi craves not these things, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because they are these magical fucking characters that run around, and like it's all about their buddies. It's all about each other. I just I fucking love it, man. I just I get, it's just yeah. it's it's wholesome whilst dumb and whilst goofy. Whilst being hilarious, whilst being mundane, it's just like wholesome. I disagree about the mundane. I think I think one of my pet peeves in in any cinema is when the characters don't behave true to themselves or true to how humans behave, so that they can move the plot forward. Right. So it's a it's a mm-hmm. it's a thing that happens all the time in in films like huge films, blockbuster films. Mm-hmm. But my favorite kind of film is when people are just true to the character that they are. And when they start doing things that aren't justified by the script or justified by the, the, the journey that they've been on or don't behave like people, that's when I start to go, OK, I'm watching a cartoon, not a film. And so Clerks was incredible in the way that it managed to weave together all of that zany, insane, mental, none of this would happen in the space of one day. Mm-hmm. You get that. You get that it's a little um, it's a little vignette of their lives. But nonetheless, they behave the way that people would behave in those circumstances. Whereas this film, no one behaves the way people would behave. They behave the way the plot needs them to behave. And that's where I find the, you know, it's not mundane. It's, it's uh, contrived. It's like, a, it's like a pandering rather than a, than a celebration. Really? I find yeah. it quite, I find it mundane. I think the conversation when it's the main focus is they both just lost their girlfriends. So their main focus is to go and buy a cookie. Yeah. Like that's, there's nothing fantastical about going to the mall to buy a cookie. No, but there is, it is fantastical that you go to the mall to buy a cookie and it just so happens that the girlfriend that you've broken up with is mm-hmm. doing the game show that she's broken up with you to host at that mall. I mean, that's just un- unfortunate. You know what I mean? That's just, <laughs> that's just, you see one magpie on the way to the mall. Whoopsie! Yeah, yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's you know this that's is, mundane as fuck, mate. Yeah, I don't know it's, it's, how Plymouth was, but round Telford, but <laughs> happened all the time. The amount if I had a penny for every time that I got broken up with, and then a dating game show appeared in the my town centre, came yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have at least three pennies. And then that that Stanley, your hero, happens to be at the mall signing things and you happen oh, to bump into him later. Well, you don't bump into him. It's like your buddy who you've been trying to help get over his yeah, yeah. fucking breakup, but in turn has been helping you get over your breakup, which is kind yeah, of like yeah. a sweet yeah, yeah, a sweet thing because also they have the outside help of these badass women. And if there's uh, this movie, again, badass women. Oh, look. So Left, right and center. Kevin Smith writes. Incredible women. Like no one else. But he's he's the one that sent Stan Lee to go and talk to Brody. Though of that's course, what makes because, it kind of. But sweet. that's my point. Like like T S bumps into Stan Lee, pays him to mm-hmm. do the thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brody's ex girlfriend happens to be dating the Ben Affleck character who happens to work at the mall. Yeah. There's like a lot of magical shit that goes on. Yeah, of course. That yeah, I struggle with. 
However, what I don't struggle with is the fortune teller, who is incredible. The fortune teller at the, the topless fortune teller, topless Ivana. fortune teller, Ivana, is mm-hmm. incredible, yeah, and hilarious. it is an act that I genuinely think would work across this country if people just decided to take it up. Of course, I th- it would work anywhere, like literally anywhere. All the time. Have you heard of OnlyFans? Very true. People can just chuck some tarot cards on the table with their tits out. I'm guaranteeing. Do you know what? Yeah, 100%. They should they should combine OnlyFans <laughs> with with uh, fortune telling. That'd be incredible. Right. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the internet is a wonderful place, man. I can guarantee, I can literally like, I will bet you like £100 right now that Let's that shit it. exists Let's already. Google it. As, right, live I'm on not podcast. Googling it. I'm Hell Googling no. it right now. You can Google away, man. You do you. I am I am uh, happily taken. So what, 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 uh, what search term should I use? Fortune telling... Only I think you just go on Google and you do like, you know, the quote marks. So you do uh, fortune teller. Fortune uh, telling feet. There we go. Yeah. My fortune teller. Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's niche. Uh, we could find it. We could definitely find it. But what's fortune telling feet? It'll be there. Fortune this is telling a person, feet. Oh, my God. This is unique weekly video oracle card reading spread from somebody's feet. There we go. Oh, F- I thought you, I was waiting for the feet, like featuring. Nope. Like, nope. you know how like on this some is a person who does tarot songs. readings with their feet. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. I mean, forty-four dollars a month, so they must be making enough. That's to... outrageous. And they're in the UK. Well, there we go. How many people, mm-hmm. realistically, how many people are that into feet? Well, I mean, even if it's one percent, what we've just sent six of our listeners that way. So good luck with that. <laughs> That's too much, man. Feet are rank. Do you not find feet this? I'm, I'm like... nonplussed. I, I I view them very much like Morat, so I'm neither for nor against. You know, there's benefits, no. there's pros, there's cons, but I'm certainly not, you know, it's not I making know. my year-end list. Ugh. And it depends on the feet, you know, like ballet dancer feet are historically and famously gross. Uh, oh, yeah, opposed to what feet are uh, lovely? Uh, they don't get you much use. Definitely editing that out. Whoa. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, Fuck. That's probably a bit fun. Uh, <laughs> probably 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 yeah. yeah yeah yeah. i'll put a beep on that it's fine it's fine no just the out but no 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 I, I do the edits i decide what gets beeped um, that's the sort of shit that will get us cancelled man <laughs> like people are too soft like the foot of a quadru i'm not sending you this recording i'm changing the password <laughs> changing the password <laughs> No, Morats, I agree with you. It opens up doors, but by itself, I think uh, it 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 watches better if you go into it knowing that it was Kevin Smith's difficult sophomore effort and that it it lost more than 75% of his budget and was critically panned. And if you watch it from that perspective, there's a lot there to love. But I think had I watched it the way I watched it going, okay, Clerks was fucking excellent. I can't wait to get into Morats. I barely remember it. I remember it being raucous and funny and this, that, the other. It is all those things, but it's it's no clerks, let's put it that way. And it's it's on a bigger scale and it's no longer sort of like about I think it's it, clerks was easy to to sort of relate to because it was it was easy to love. It, it was a small store yeah. on a small street. And there with, was it was easy to forgive because you knew its budget and you knew its story and Yeah, exactly. But whereas this is on like a much bigger scale, this is in like a whole mall. So now you've got a whole heap of opportunity with like, just let's have a character whose only role in this movie is to stare at a magical picture. Incredible. And then not be able to see it. Yep. 
That's and it. That's of it. Of all the characters, he's the guy that I related to the most because I have never been able to see with any ease magic eye pictures because I am mostly, well, not mostly colorblind, but I am enough colorblind that they don't work. And That's for unreal. years, when they were popular, for years, I genuinely yeah. tried and could never get it to happen. Only recently, only recently in like the last few years, have I got mm-hmm. maybe 30% of them to work for me. I've never got one to work. It's never happened to me. I tried one once when I was a kid, never yeah. worked, didn't didn't ever go back to them ever again. Now when I see them, yeah. I just pretend. Can you do um can you do those circles where they've got messages or numbers in the, it's like lots of dots that are similar colours? You colors. mean a colorblind test? What it's one of them, yeah. Can you do yeah. them? Okay. Yeah. All right, well, let's just check in, you know, Jesus. My eyes aren't broken. All right. <laughs> I won't look after your welfare next time, prick. <laughs> I'm only joking. Yeah, yeah, no, I can do that. I've not struggled with, like, colour and stuff. It's just, mm. I can't, they say to, like, relax your eyes and mm-hmm. not think about what you're trying to look for, and mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't compute in my brain. No, no, that's not, that's, that's not how I get them to work. So, basically, I use them on my phone now, and what I do what? is I, lo- yeah, yeah, load it up on my phone, yeah. put my, literally put my screen on my nose, and focus on the screen and then move the phone backwards slowly without refocusing my eyes. And then some of them work. What are these pictures of? Like what, what's the result that you get out of it? What you get out of it is a 2D, um, it's, there's no, there's no like detail. Basically it's a, it's a, um, perspective difference. So you'll get, imagine if you've got some wrapping paper and you cut a butterfly shape out of the same pattern of, uh, paper folded it to make it look like a butterfly and popped it on top. You're not going to get like, it doesn't look like a photo. It doesn't look like, a, there's no detail to it. It's just a um, a distance difference. Yeah, yeah, No, I, I understand what they are. I mean, like, what what's the content of the image? Like, are you looking at like race cars? Are they like fucking zebras? No, it's just, it's random shit. So it'll just be random like, this, shit. One's, this one's a butterfly. This one's a dog. This one's a, a circle. This one's a pyramid. This one's a... I mean, a... I can just look at fucking pictures of that on the internet anyway, without having to put my phone on my nose and slowly move it away. That just seems like a lot of effort to look at a shit picture. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. the the only The only uh, benefit to them is the fact that uh, you couldn't see a picture before, and now you can. That's the magic trick. I have to, Google solves that too, though. Like right now, I can't see a picture, but if I hold on one second, mm-hmm. Google uh, zebra. There's like 45 zebras. One of them is laughing, or appears to be laughing. See, huh. Google just did the same shit. Nice. I mean, I I feel like my <laughs> trick was better because I found somebody that will tell my future with their feet. So, I mean. Yeah, but you ever seen a zebra laugh? Mm. I'll send you a C and I picture later. You can put it on your nose and then slowly move it away. <laughs> and there's like a 70% chance that you might not see it. <laughs> so Morats, what are you going to rate it? Eight. Okay, what's, what's the two that it lost? Room for improvement, man. No, you used that last time. I know what's I, I know what's coming. Like I, So I watched this movie going into it thinking, Clerks is the beginning. Uh, this is the second and there's more to come. So right. I went into it going, I know that there's more to come after this. So in my yeah. mind, it was either going to be a stepping stone or uh, like just building on the first one. And it wasn't building on the first one. And yeah. then going and watching the rest of the movies that followed this, yeah. it just fucking opened up every door that was needed to be opened almost without realizing it. Yeah. And I kind of fucking, it blows my mind that he was planning shit out in Mole Rats that is happening two and three movies later. Well, he's a he's a, he's a known recycler. So he was uh, talking about making Mole Rats 2 for years, yeah, yeah. Uh, which never happened. But then the third act of Jay and Silent Bob reboot was originally the third act of Mole Rats 2. So he's, when he was making this film, he had uh, Dogma and Chasing Amy 
mostly written yeah. already. So he's, you know, he's. it's not like he's writing these one at a time and, and figuring out as he goes along. He's got this whole thing cooking, uh, you know, sort of simultaneously. And so he's borrowing ingredients from here or there, recycling where possible. I still think he's he's an incredible filmmaker and I still think this film is worth a watch. I just 100%. think... I think I just didn't it didn't catch me it didn't didn't speak to me in the same way that clerks did or some of the later films do i think there's a lot to respect in terms of the sort of brazenness of the the comic book um fandom that comes through mm-hmm. ben affleck appearing as a very young actor uh famously working on goodwill hunting at the same time as appearing in this film yeah and you know the, the acting in this is, a lot of it is fucking fantastic uh, the joke is incredible in this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Compared to from here to Clerks is is a huge step. Is a huge step up. And some of the writing is fantastic. Like the the Stanley scene is fantastic. There's there's lots of fantastically written scenes. It's not the moment to moment writing that I'm disappointed with. It's the it's the sort of macro A to B to C to D forward through the picture uh, writing that that I struggle with and I think is disjointed. So I think I'm going to give it a five. Okay. A five, which is probably, yeah, which is fair. Maybe six, maybe six. Well, this movie gave comic book nerds a rom-com movie, which is full of uh, vulgarity, amazing jokes, uh, fucking the invention of the stink palm. Oh, God. The invention of the famous Jane Silent Bob Bob blueprints. Yep. That that appears much, you know, a fair whack throughout the rest of the... The invention of Jay's incredible song. Invention of Jay's incredible song. Well, the Uh, development of it, because he does does like two lines of it when he comes into the final scene of Clerks. Yeah. Noise, 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 smoking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he stops, and then more of that in this one, and then I think we've got more to come in Chasing Amy. What are we we doing this week, by the way, Ben? We've got got some things to announce. So this week on Wednesday, we're going to be doing another What the Film? On what topic? That mm-hmm. is a surprise. Ooh, ooh, nice. Okay, <laughs> I've got something good. I got something good. It's, uh, I think it sort of popped up recently and became relatively, relatively popular with people that are, are nerdy about this type of shit. But nice. I don't think it kind of hit the wider masses. Okay. Yet. Well, I, I, I wait do. with, I wait with bated breath. I, uh, I don't want to know what it is until we're, yeah. we're actually recording. But that'd be exciting. It's going to be merging two universes. One very, very famous horror universe Ooh. and one very very famous i guess family oh okay kind of i don't really know what category to put it in all right i'm thinking the simpsons but we'll 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 wait and find out uh we are aware of the fact that we said we would start putting fastest podcast on the west episodes onto instagram and we will start doing that this week we are also going to start doing some more fastest podcasts in the west anybody who has some suggestions about films that we should watch I thoroughly recommend you get in touch with us on our socials, either Instagram, Discord, Facebook, Bebo, Friendster, anything you can. Discord's the one, though. Discord's the one. Get in touch with us on Discord, because Discord... How do do we find us on Discord? Go to our link tree. Go to our link tree. There we go. It will be in the description of this episode. Go to the link tree. Discord's in there. Click it. Join it. Join it. Then yell at us about what movies to watch. Yeah. And we we might do some watch-alongs. And the Discord, you can basically chat to us candidly at any time of the day or night sure Uh, especially ben he loves interacting with fans um and he really loves hateful feedback so just fire some of that his way on uh the only way i can come and with that guys thank you so much for hanging out with us on the every movie ever podcast i've been ben groves i've been rob mcfarlane and this was more rats more rats we'll see you wednesday Consume. consume
There we go. Scene. And scene. I love the smell of commerce in the morning. Are you really making that last? Waste not, want none. 